There was another tweet. He was replying to somebody and said that small oil is also a problem. So not just big oil, but also small oil. <laughs> Tesla charts had a nice joke about that, uh, referring to Valvoline because Valvoline has the little motor oil cans that come in. A, usually people buy them in a one quart increment. Sometimes they'll buy a five quart container. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the Tesla Q podcast. This is part two of the March Madness series, which the madness has continued into April, as we all know. This is being recorded on Sunday, April 14th, 2019. Uh, don't forget, if you want to contribute to the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and you can become a monthly patron. There's a bunch of different levels that you can donate at. I'm going to have a little bit of premium content. Even the $1 per month level will have access to most premium content. I may eventually have some more uh, more upscale content available for some of the higher levels. Don't quite yet. Or if you'd rather become a one-time contributor, you could still go to the Square Cash app or cash.me slash Podcast. It's TSLAQ Podcast, and you can make a one-time donation there. The first premium item I put up for Patreon subscribers was a little bit of a, a chart study of Tesla's share price over the past five months, primarily. The last March Madness Rundown episode, which was part one, ended off with discussing a Wall Street Journal article that came out on March the 8th, which discussed the fact that Tesla has something over a billion dollars of lease obligations for their stores. That was written by Esther Fung. I want to give her the credit for that as she put it together. And I mentioned that that then led to the reversal of the decision to close the stores on March 11th. That came out in a blog post late at night, uh, Sunday night, March 10th or March 11th, depending on what time zone you're in. Talk about that a little bit more as as we get into this episode. This episode is actually only going to cover from early in the day on March 8th to early in the day on March 11th. Uh, there, there was just so much that went on with Tesla during the month of March that it's to cover it comprehensively is a task. And the way that Twitter's set up, it's really annoying to scroll back to that time period, especially when I, as frequently as I tweet, uh, I am working on developing a better balance between my usage of Twitter and my day job and producing podcasts. I plan to continue improving that as time goes along. Uh, If anybody has any thoughts or ideas about how I could better uh, do that, feel free to share them. Uh, As I said, it's currently April 14th. There's been a lot going on just the past five days with Tesla. Uh, Just to quickly mention that, on Thursday in the Japanese newspaper Nikkei, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's N-I-K-K-E-I, there was a report that Panasonic and Tesla have decided not to spend additional money to increase the capacity of the Gigafactory 1 in in Nevada, near Reno, Nevada. It's not in Reno, but it's near there. 
so that came out. Saw a lot of Tesla bulls saying, oh, that they didn't name who their source was, so it's crappy journalism, blah, blah, blah. But it's highly likely that the source was Panasonic themselves, and they were sending a message to Tesla. Uh, subsequent to that, this weekend, yesterday, April 13th, Saturday, Elon Musk was on a bit of a, a Twitter rampage talking about Panasonic and basically blaming them, saying that, that their restraints on cell production were the bottleneck that kept Tesla's Model 3 production down, which is absurd from a number of angles. Primary one is the fact that Tesla produced about 10,000 more Model 3s than they actually delivered in the first quarter of 2019. And they produced a few few less, like I think it was about 200 less Model 3s in quarter one of 2019 than in quarter four of 2018. So from that angle, what Elon said and tweeted was kind of ridiculous. He's kind of, uh, he, he's ramped up his, his tweeting today on Sunday, April 14th, and is, is going off in a few other directions. One of his tweets was uh, it said that the Wall Street Journal is basically a sock puppet of big oil. There was another tweet he was replying to somebody and said that small oil is also a problem. So not just big oil, but also small oil. <laughs> Tesla Charts had a nice joke about that, uh, referring to Valvoline, because Valvoline has the little motor oil cans that come in. a. Usually people buy them in a one-quart increment. Sometimes they'll buy a five-quart container. <laughs> so small oil, that was, that was a funny little joke. Also... He said that Bloomberg is also almost as bad as the Wall Street Journal. There was a tweet. Somebody said that Tesla, the corporate account, shouldn't follow Dana Hull, who's a journalist for Bloomberg, who's done a lot of great work on Tesla. Uh, Tesla fans don't seem to be a fan of her because she simply seeks out the truth. Uh, I've been impressed by her work, along with a lot of other journalists who are willing to ask legitimate questions, and they try to get real answers about the questions, but Tesla doesn't seem to be the most transparent company from a lot of angles. There was a couple other tweets that Elon's made today, uh, but it, in general, it seems like he might be, might might indirectly relate to his ongoing SEC matter. Uh, it was two weeks ago, or not two weeks ago, it's about 10 days ago that Elon was in New York, uh, the Southern District of New York courtroom of Judge Allison J. Nathan, and she told Elon and the SEC to, to put their reasonable pants on and come to an agreement, and that they had two weeks to do it. So the, the new deadline would be this upcoming Thursday, which is, I think, the 18th of April. So perhaps Elon's Twitter tirades this weekend are related to the negotiations going on in regards to that ongoing legal matter, or perhaps they're directly related to Panasonic's um, public indirect uh, warning shot that they gave to Tesla. Another possibility is that some other suppliers other than Panasonic saw that message that was sent by Panasonic and maybe are getting a little antsy about being paid as well. So Tesla's probably in a cash crunch. They've got the SEC matter uh, with Elon Musk. He's tweeting up Storm this weekend. Panasonic is clearly not happy with Tesla right now, based on the, the reporting out of the Nikkei newspaper from Japan. So that's where we are right now. So back to the more regimented, detailed timeline of the 
on the Tesla Twitter ongoing saga, uh, going back to March 8th, there was a Business Insider article that day that described Tesla stores as a morgue. Now, remember, March 8th was when that was before the reversal of the, the decision to close the stores, which came on February 28th. It was before the March 11th reversal of that decision. So this was an article in Business Insider where they interviewed Tesla delivery center employees and stuff. And somebody that worked there described it as a morgue, which is obviously not not a very happy work environment, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> the same, I'm pretty sure it was the same article. It might have been a different one, but it was a, also a Business Insider article. Mentioned that in the fourth quarter of 2018, Tesla had encouraged their employees to use PTO that they hadn't used to actually take time off work uh, to cash that in and put it towards buying a Tesla. I, I don't know how often that perk got used in quarter four and how much it contributed to Tesla's financials that quarter, but that's just a bit of an odd business practice that I, I doubt Ford and GM have. I, I They might have a similar type program, but I, I would imagine that they probably don't encourage it to the level that Tesla did. Um, March 9th was a Saturday. I wasn't on Twitter as much that day as other days, so I don't have really anything of major note from that day. On Sunday, March the 10th, though, uh, Antonio Gracias was in Southern California at some... I'm not sure how much of that weekend he was there, but he was there until about 1.10 p.m. Pacific time that Sunday afternoon, March 10th. So presumably he was meeting with Elon Musk. Presumably they discussed the store closure thing and maybe the Wall Street Journal article directly. And apparently the decision that came out of that meeting was to reverse the store closure decision and to keep some or most or some of the, the stores open. Additionally, um, Antonio Gracias had a, a sale of some options that was upcoming that following week. Uh, EV Defender's been doing a great job of tracking the insider sales that have been, that have been occurring. Uh, Brad Buss, J.B. Straubel, and Antonio Gracias, the three of them are the ones that are getting the big bucks out of these option sales. I think as of this past week sales by Antonio Gracias. I think the confirmed profits from those option sales is about 60, 60 plus million dollars. Those 10B51 plans were all set up in early November after Tesla's third quarter 10Q came out that disclosed the DOJ investigations that were ongoing. So those three guys are getting like four to five million dollars each month by selling these options. Uh, some of the options being sold expire in June of 2019, but it's notable that J.B. Straubles actually don't expire until 2021 and 2022. So J.B. Straubel, co-founder of Tesla, uh, current chief technology officer of Tesla, is selling his options that have two plus more years of potential to for the shares to appreciate like Tesla's cars supposedly will appreciate. Oh yeah. Friday. Uh, I, I missed this earlier in the intro, but on Friday, uh, Elon was on a podcast with Lex Friedman. Who's a, an autonomous vehicle researcher somehow affiliated with MIT. I don't think he's a direct professor or anything like that, but he's somehow affiliated. He, I, I don't know much about him. I haven't delved too deeply into it, but he, had a podcast interview with Elon Musk. During that interview, Elon Musk said, 
I think one of the most profound things is that if you're buying a Tesla, you're not buying a depreciating asset, but you're buying an appreciating asset. And I, I butchered that, and my attempt at, at imitating his fake accent or his inconsistent accent was poor. But that was on Friday. So there are many jokes uh, that have been on Twitter, will continue to be on Twitter. Bagholder quotes, I'm sure, is, is working on some good memes uh, talking about appreciating assets. So it's absurd to consider a vehicle to be an appreciating asset on a number of levels. I tweeted about those already, and I'll probably talk about them more in some future podcast episodes, but uh, getting off track from my timeline here. So Antonio Gracias, J.B. Straubel, and Brad Buss selling a bunch of options, cashing out. Uh, it's been mentioned or implied by EV Defender. I don't know if anybody else has picked up on it other than me, and, and he did confirm it yesterday. I, I'm assuming it's a he. It could be a she. I don't know. But uh, apparently EV Defender, for whatever reason, thinks that there may be three um, traders within Elon's inner circle, and those three are Antonio Gracias, Sam Teller, Elon's chief of staff, and J.B. Straubel, the chief technology officer, who's making bank with his option sales in the past few months. And apparently he's been hiding from Elon. I don't, I'm not sure where that rumor came from, but uh, that's a, something I've seen mentioned on Tesla Q Twitter that J.B. Straubel apparently hides from Elon Musk whenever Elon's around the Fremont factory or, or wherever they might cross paths. So if anybody has some information about that and wants to send me a direct message or just a tweet that's out in the open, either way, sounds good to me because uh, I'm, I'm curious to know more about that. Back to the timeline, Sunday, March 10th, Trip Chaudhry, who's been a big Tesla bull over the, the past few years. Uh, he was actually one of the two bulls in a debate. There was a debate on uh, at the Robin Hood Investors Conference about Tesla. It, it had two bears and two bulls. The two bears were Montana Skeptic, who has been featured as a guest on this show, and Gordon Johnson, who could be featured in a future episode if he would like to join. Uh, and the two bulls were Kathy Wood, who's infamous for her $4,000 Tesla price target, and Trip Chaudhry, who has been on CNBC a number of times talking about how great Tesla is. But he had an updated uh, note out about quarter one of 2019 on Sunday the 10th of September and that in, that note included an estimate of 30,000 Model 3 deliveries for quarter one and 18,000 S Model S and Model X deliveries for quarter one. Turns out that his Model 3 number was, was ac actually far lower than what Tesla ended up reporting. Uh, they ended up reporting 60,000 or not they ended up reporting 50,900 Model 3 deliveries in quarter one and 12,100 Model S and Model X deliveries in quarter one. So he was about 20,000 low on his Model 3 estimate and about 6,000 high on his Model S and X estimate. So based on just some really rough math uh, with some estimated sales prices and the delivery numbers for quarter one, what I'd am seeing is that automotive revenue is going to be down about $2 billion for quarter one compared to quarter four. Uh, in quarter four, they had over 90,000 total vehicle deliveries. That was about 24,000 Model S and Model Xs, I think, and about 60-something, 60 63,000 Model 3s. So it actually might have been closer to 28,000 
Model S and X. But regardless, the change, just the change in the total number of deliveries and a reasonable estimate of the average sales price, their automotive revenue is probably going to go down from about 6. I think it was around 6.5 billion for quarter four 2018, and it'll probably be down to about f- the low four billion dollar range for quarter one of, of 2019. So those those numbers are actually coming out on Wednesday, April 24th. Tesla has confirmed that date for their earnings announcement, which is two days after their autonomous vehicle day, which I'll talk about more in the future. On Tuesday, March 11th, no Monday, March 11th. There was the Tesla blog post that mentioned the reversal of their decision to close their stores and move all sales to online. And in, a, in conjunction with that decision, they announced that they would be raising prices 3%. So February 28th, when they announced they were closing the stores, they said that that was necessary to be able to sell the $35,000 Model 3 and to have a 6% price drop for all their vehicles. So when they decided to keep the stores open, they decided oh, well, we'll raise the prices 3% again. So along with that, they kind of started pushing, oh, you better hurry up and buy before the price goes back up, which the that very same trick was used just yesterday on April 13th by Elon Musk on, on Twitter, where he mentioned that the autonomous capabilities of Tesla's could would be going up in price after May 1st. So similar to that, March threat to raise prices. He's threatened to raise the price of Tesla's autonomous vehicle capability. I'm sure he'll talk much more about that on April 22nd, assuming he's still around as the CEO of Tesla for Autonomous Investors Day. Um, but that that little tactic of threatened future price raises is being reused yet again. Uh, there was a tweet also on that Monday morning from Charlie Grant where he mentioned that it was less than 72 hours after Esther Fung's piece was in the Wall Street Journal that Tesla reversed decision the decision about their store closures. Uh, similarly to that instance of an article in the Wall Street Journal causing Tesla to reverse their decision, I am very curious to see what happens with the this latest Panasonic spat with Tesla and whether that ends up causing Tesla to reverse any decisions. Uh, Another few things that happened just recently. Uh, that, that's the end of my timeline. The way that I've been doing it is scrolling back to my old tweets and just making notes, going back in time, just to see what happened and to tie some things back together. Uh, but it'll it'll be interesting to see how the Panasonic thing goes. Some of the other things Elon tweeted about this afternoon are he doubled or tripled down on his 500,000 number for uh, Tesla's. He said that they would make 500,000 before a year from uh, over the next 12 months. So I guess the middle of next April, uh, he said that they will do it. So he sounded, he, his language, he was trying to portray that he was extremely confident about that. Uh, I guess we'll see if there's any buyers for that number of, of Tesla vehicles, but uh, it just seemed to be a fairly crazy time in the world of Tesla. Uh, one thing that I've tweeted about a couple times this weekend is that the PAVE campaign very much needs to be on their game over these next eight or nine days before the Tesla full self-driving event or autonomous vehicle investor day, whatever 
whatever you want to call it, as it seems that what Tesla might be doing is gearing up to shift their business strategy and possibly uh, say that they're building a fleet of vehicles that they're going to use to be autonomous taxis. The timing of this uh, some, somewhat makes sense as Lyft has just had their IPO. Uber is having their IPO very soon. I think their S1 just came out like Wednesday or Thursday of this past week or something. So those two companies being public and I think Uber's valuation is supposedly at $100 billion, which is about double what Tesla's valuation is. So I think Elon wants to, to grab a little bit of that value, uh, even though uh, it it's not clear that their autonomous vehicle capabilities are nearly what Elon would want you to believe. The Navigant report has Tesla clearly towards the bottom left in their little quadrant system, whereas GM's Cruise and Waymo and several other very reputable companies are in the top right. Tesla doesn't use LiDAR for their uh, autonomous vehicle capabilities. So all they've got is cameras and I think maybe some other radar. So it's not clear that they have sufficient redundancy for their systems. I'm not an expert in this matter by any means, but it seems that Tesla may be gearing up for possibly a capital raise in conjunction with shifting to building an aut autonomous fleet. Uh, I should mention that uh, last Thursday they did announce that they're killing off the standard range Model 3. They, they didn't say it in those words, and supposedly you can still get it if you go through the trouble of going to a store, assuming they're not yet closed. And if you are able to withstand the sales pitch to try to get you to upgrade to the SR Plus, which is actually, in some cases, just a mid-range that's been software limited to have less range. But in conjunction with that announcement on Thursday, which came in a blog post, they also announced that leasing Model 3s is now going to be available. But a key part of that was that they said that there would not be the option to purchase the vehicle at the end of the lease. Whether that's just to dissuade people from actually leasing Model 3s or if it's solely just a preemptive matter for the messaging associated with this Autonomous Investor Day and possibly with an attempted capital raise after the Autonomous Investors Day. I don't know, but that's kind of the, the theory, the working theory in the land of Tesla Q Twitter. But uh, so this has been part two of March Madness with a lot of items from April mixed in. Based on the rate that, that things are going, it's going to be at least two more episodes of March Madness, maybe three before I fully get through the whole month. Uh, if you like the regimented, detailed timeline episodes, let me know. I know people want more interviews, and I would love to do more interviews. Time is my big constraint, uh, having a real job. If you have any ideas about how I could better shift towards a more financially minded career as opposed to my current day job which is i would term more of a technical field uh, feel free to shoot ideas my way don't forget about the patreon uh, if you want to become a regular contributor to the podcast and if you want some shorty merchandise go to evacuationboy.com get a nice coffee mug or t-shirt demand for those i, I imagine is going to be going up as the craziness of elon's tweeting continues to ramp up and we may be nearing some sort of resolution on some front, whether the SEC matter or just with Tesla's cash balance or 
or something. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up in the near future. Tomorrow is tax day. That's uh, another reason that I'm a little bit short with this episode because I'm a bit of a procrastinator. But that's enough about me and enough for this episode. So thanks for joining. This has been episode number 26 of the Tesla Q podcast. Bye-bye.